You're listening to the Coventry Sphinx podcast. You can follow the fortunes of our football club on Twitter, where we're at Coventry Sphinx or at commentarysphinx.co.uk. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. For more podcasts from Sphinx Football, visit sphinxfootball.com. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Coventry Sphinx podcast with me, Chris Nee, and Sean Thomas, one of our club's joint managers. And this week with John Woodward, the other joint manager. This is a podcast about a football club from one Saturday to the next and everything in between. And in this week's episode, we'll be covering a number of bases, including our penalty shootout FA Cup win over Romulus last Tuesday, four excellent penalties taken by the Sphinx boys and a good performance in goal from Tom Cross from the 90 minutes, never mind the penalty shootout itself, and a little bit of drama towards the end to talk about as well. We'll have a look at the start of the league season in the Midland Football League Premier Division coming up this coming Tuesday against Selston at home. And, as I've mentioned, we'll meet John Woodward and we'll ask him about his approach to coaching, working with Sean, and how the two of them function together as joint managers of the club. And that's where we start this week's show. Over to me, with Sean Thomas and John Woodward. Big John, welcome to the podcast. Good evening. Finally with us, after yes. a few weeks of just Sean. Yeah, I've been listening to Sean, he's doing very well. We're recording with you for the first time, so why don't you tell us a bit about your coaching career, how you got to the point where you were brought in um, as joint assistant manager with, with Lee Nib? Probably a long career. Had involvement with kids' teams. Then I came across here probably at under-15s with a view then to get involved with the uh, Midland Floodlit Youth League. Ran the youth team for four years. I think possibly Sean played for me a little while, yes. First engagement then with Lee Nibs because he was doing the reserves. So I, I was do, I was then doing the youth team and the reserves. So it was quite a packed week. Lee moved on then to Barwell and then I moved in initially then with Paul Charnley, probably as a coach first team. Then Paul left. So then myself and Danny. Danny was the manager. I was assistant dash coach again. I think Jim was involved back then. Then we had a li- little bit of a fallout. <laughs> Uh, so I left the club. They, these things happen. Also, Callum then left. He went to Colville and then eventually became a assistant manager dash coach, if you like, more more so of a coach. Uh, had some fantastic years there. The year previous to being a coach was they got to the Vars final, which was it was a great club to be involved with. Certainly learnt a lot the way and saw the way other clubs do things. So I always was a little bit naive and thought um, the Sphinx was the be-all and end-all. And you realise sometimes you go to other clubs that they do things differently. Colville were a very up-and-coming club. Um, and I had a little bit of time out and then ex-Colville player Cam Stewart took over at Colesville and he asked me then to go and help him out. So we did that for that one season and they got promoted. Okay, So it was good experience out of this league. And then that's when Lee asked me to come back two seasons ago. And here we are now. If I were to push you to put a label on your coaching philosophy, what type of coach you are, what style you are, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Compare it to Sean. I think I've probably mellowed out over the years. I possibly, I know sometimes Sean gets a bit excited. And I was probably, <laughs> I was probably like that 20 odd years ago. And a bit of, it'd get a bit irate. I think I've probably calmed down a lot yeah mellowed out a little bit and I think it coaching's changed a bit now I don't think you get much out of players if you're ranting and raging at them 
every now and again you might need to, but I think there's a there's a certain way that you have to speak to them, I think, now. You need the headroom as well. If you're shouting at them every Saturday, then when you do it and you really need to, it doesn't have quite the same clout. No, because, yeah, if you're doing it all the time, then it, it, it they'll probably stop listening a bit. But when you get passionate nights like on Tuesday, then, you know, every night you do get a bit excitable and probably shout things at wrong times. But I think it has been, it's been a lot better. You're talking to players a lot more. Let's bring Sean in. You both took over together when Lee left. Did it ever cross your mind that you wouldn't continue into this season? Originally when um, Lee left, I think there was a couple of weeks where actually we were just holding the fort and we were a little bit uncertain about whether or not we were the right people for the job, whether or not the club wanted to go outside the um, outside the caretakers as it was at the time. And I think um, we had a big meeting, didn't we, where we all sat down and I think it became apparent that they did want to back us and they they do what Sphinx do really well actually they promote people or they they stick to what they know so we spoke about players before they always seem to have a bit of a connection I think Sphinx tend to stick with people who have got a connection to the club because it just helps that continuity so everyone knows what it means to be the manager or be a player of the Sphinx and so for a long time we still weren't sure whether or not we've been officially appointed did we but I don't think we still <laughs> I don't think we still have <laughs> we still we still we, we're still just holding the fort but um, what we said originally was we'd give it a good go and I thought that was a pretty good mantra from John because I think um, certainly in my position it was a brand new brand new to the management um, and so you want to try and win every game you want to try and be the best that you can be and that's what we always both aim to be but John just said to me we'll give it a good go and see where we take it because if not you'll go under pretty quickly because it's pretty stressful at times isn't it I think it's fair to say and so when we got to pre-season I think it helps that we had a really good last 15 games it's the first pre-season where you get to sort of shape the team a little bit in your style in our styles I should say so no it didn't cross my mind I don't know if it crossed yours When we took over, I had good advice from Lee Everett, uh, ex-player Colville and assistant at Kozel. His words were, don't put pressure on yourself. And uh, that kind of, I mentioned it to Sean, said, don't put pressure on yourself. And it kind of stuck with me, although some, you do feel the pressure. I felt the pressure on Tuesday, very nervous Tuesday, but those, that, those words kind of stick with me. And yeah, no, I think. Um, you read stories about managers that are in non-league where they can they do it for five, six, seven, eight years. Some managers have been doing it, and they do need a bit of a break away. And I mean, we're very early in that, but I think that sort of um, that sort of ethos where you you do you give it a good go, you make sure that you prepare as well as you can, and you do the right things, and um, you try and make it as enjoyable as you can. Um, and as John said, that advice has sort of stuck with me so far as well. I think it's something that I'll I certainly take I have taken on board, and we're going to try and stick to it. Listeners will already know that I'm fascinated by the dynamics of this joint management partnership. I've got you both here now, so I'm going to ask a question I've been dying to ask you both. You wake up on a Saturday morning. Who calls who? What time do you first talk on a Saturday morning on a match day? Both. God knows. Depend- I, I think it depends what's going on. So it can be as probably as early as our fate or if Sean's up with the, the daughter. It might be a little bit earlier sometimes, but it's it's whatever... Matters are in hand. We have to sort out on a Saturday morning. Someone dropping out, or someone's injured, or so ideal about half twelve. Then, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, as I've mentioned it a couple of times so far, I think although we see each other for about four, four, well, in match day actually more than that, seven, eight hours a week. There's an extra three, four hours on top of that. Certainly on the way home, you're the first person that I end up calling yes. most days from work, <laughs> and we have a chat about how our work's been and. 
and things like that. And then yeah. we get round to the matters in hand. And so you're just constantly talking to people. And I think that's part of the dynamic where certainly previously it's been easier because you, you can hide behind the manager. So when you're an assistant, the manager makes the tough decisions, but we have to come to those decisions between us now and either one of us are, are comfortable delivering them now. I do think jobs now are a two-man job. I really do. I mean, Sean's very good at doing all the texting side of things and I think it's, it is a two-man job. Maybe a lot more clubs might go down that route. Do the players have a favourite? I've got an independent adjudicator in the room as well. What are you saying, Jim? I, I would say that um, certain players have got their favourite. It, for some, I'd say it's Sean and for some, I'd say it's John. So I'm it's uh, <laughs> it is it is that sort of relationship. I know that's a cliche, but that's that's what it is. I think you know certain people will probably go to John Moore, and certain people will probably go to Sean Moore. That certainly happens. So I would say that, and for whatever reason, that's just naturally happened. It might be because you brought that person to the club. It might be because you've had that um, really difficult conversation or positive conversation with them. But what? needs to happen then is that we need to talk just to make sure it doesn't fit there, there isn't a divide it, you definitely would never see it from the outside or even from the inside but certainly john john is is a good character and i think the lads enjoy it when you uh when you're being a bit grumpy or whatever <laughs> there's, there's an element of trying to wind up where i'm not quite at that stage yet so they don't know sometimes how to I don't know, push my buttons as well <laughs> let's uh, move on to start of the season played our fa cup extra preliminary round game on Tuesday, as mentioned, against Romulus, nil-nil draw after 90 minutes and then straight in. Penalty shootout in the very first game of the season. The game itself, Sean, you must have been pleased with how the boys dug in, considering how early in the season it is. Difficult to go to a team that, I don't know if expensively assembled is the best way to describe it, but certainly a team that's well capable of beating most of the teams in our league on their day. Yeah, and we spoke, didn't we, on Saturday where there was, there's been little comments in pre-season. Like, it's all just a rumour mill and whether or not they had the side that they had last year. But I think we went and watched them and they, they've got a really solid, good quality um, base to play from. And they've got good good finishers, good strikers, good wingers. Um, you're on their home patch. Um, so, yeah, so in the day, me and John nervous about it. But actually, we know that we've got good characters in our team now. And we know that we can go places and do those sort of things. For a long time, it used to always be like, oh God, what Sphinx is going to turn up? So it was pleasing to see. The game was really tight, wasn't it? And it was, it weren't pretty to watch. And people from the outside can say whatever they want about whether or not there's great quality football on show. But that's real proper non-league. And it's the FA Cup. And the, the two teams went at each other pretty well. And I think there's been some... Um, Fair assessments that I think one was sort of slightly edged the amount of chances, but at the same time, I thought we were, we were always in the game. We had good chances ourselves. I think it was very even, and I think possibly you could argue a little bit of home advantage, but not not a great golf in that uh, at all. And yeah, we we were really pleased with the lads, weren't we? Because oh, they were top draw yeah. from from one to eighteen. We took over eighteen. They were top draw. So although we were, we were pretty nervous on the inside, um, outward we couldn't be any more pleased with how they played. I thought we looked. Dangerous, particularly for a spell in the second half where we had the run of the chances at that point as well. And it seemed to come when we were able to get right on top of their right back, whether it was Crossy going direct to him, we were able to get out, get that ball out there and really put pressure on them and create chances. Is that type of thing something that you identified during the game or is it, did the players play their part in that as well? I'd say probably a bit of both. Yeah. Um, their their two centre halves won too much airily and probably unopposed really for our liking. So, you know, our front two have got to put 
centre-halves under pressure a bit more airily, even if it's little flick-ons. You get the likes of uh, Loz, Loz in and Danny in. Yeah, the players take a bit of credit because then Crossy was identifying Loz at times and Danny, you know, trying to isolate the full-backs a bit. So we weren't having much joy down the middle, really, were we? We came to stoppage time. Liam Cairns goes down injured. They have then a relatively long period of play on the ball. Ball came to Tom Cross in goal and he played the ball out. And then there was um, what I would describe as at least an attempt to send a long throw over Tom for whatever reason that might have been. Whether it was the player in the six-yard box, I'm not going to say. That created a bit of a melee. What was your take on that on the, on the sidelines, John? Yeah, I think I think we all reacted, you know, we sort of know in certain terms sort of said, hey, bang out of order, that's, you know, poor gamesmanship and it sort of fueled the fire a little bit and then it sort of then overspilled then onto the pitch, didn't it? But long term there, it, it kind of fired us up really then for the penalties. Yeah, and you could see that with the first save that, that Tom made from the shootout as well, happened to be someone that he really wanted to save the penalty from. And after the save, you can see how fired up he still was, you know, a few minutes later, been booked after the final whistle, saves the first penalty, and he's still full of fire. And, and yeah, I think John, John assessed it, summed it up really well, that whatever the, the outcome that they wanted to happen from that, it does, it did feel a bit like a, of a, a bit of bang out of order, didn't it? And whether or not they did or not, it's all put to bed now. There's no like hard feelings about it. I actually spoke to the young lad when we were stood waiting for the penalty to be taken. I said, look, it's a long time in football. You don't really need your reputation associated with something like that, even though it's a big wide world. We're only, a, we're only two teams playing in, in a game. But he just said to me, look, I, I wanted to win the game. And I actually thought, fair play to you, because you've been pretty honest there. And although it's not something that you'd want to be winning a game from but he just said I wanted to play a game as a young kid and in the end no issue with him hopefully he learns from it and it's not the greatest thing to do in the world if that is, that is if he did mean to do it but yeah certainly from our from not from us necessarily but from our lads it certainly um, put a little bit of a, an extra spring in their step and they wanted to then really focus into that penalty shootout and then our penalties were top draw weren't they so yeah that's football you'd miss it if I had no emotion attached to it and one of the reasons why we get so sucked into to non-league football because it has got those little flash points and I think you go into a penalty shootout with Tom in goal and you always fancy him to save at least one or two which gives you that head start and it happened that we got the head start right right from the beginning in that one um, but it's important in all of the praise of the goalkeeper not to overlook the fact that looking back we sent four players up to take a penalty and every one of them gave the goalkeeper absolutely zero chance of saving it. So I don't know what I was worried about. No, going in probably into the last five minutes, we'd got in our head four players to, to take the penalties. And then it was probably looking for the, the fifth one, if you like. Jack Downs then, he was quite buoyant and said, yeah, I'll take one, very confident. So yeah, it, I think it was a good choice of penalty takers. I think Crossy might have been then the sixth one if it had gone into sudden death. I think what Crossy did, he's a big lad, isn't he? He's six foot, whatever. And when he makes his decision, even if the penalty's well struck, he, he, he got close to every single one, actually. And the, the other two that went in were good penalties. They're, they're right in the bottom corner or um, just inside the post. And our guys were, were pretty good. And I don't want to say we were surprised because it's not not being surprised but when everyone is hit as well as it was it gives the other the other lad great confidence to go up and strike theirs as well and at the end of the day we, we said to them that whatever happens we stick together whatever happens if you win or lose that game you're going to get an earful from someone from the opposing side so you've got to take it with a bit of dignity whether or not you win or lose and they did do that and all the 
franticness at the end. Everyone walked off pretty well and they all shook each other's hands and there were some decent little comments between them. Yeah, they were complimentary, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's a fair play to them. I like them. They're some good lads there. They're a good, honest side. Have you spoken to Liam? Any news on his injury? Well, we've seen a picture today. Very bruised, very, um, very swollen. Too bruised and too swollen to get any update from the hospital, they said. So I have seen rolled ankles that come up really quickly, bruise, bruising-wise, and they're, they're those horrible, thick, purpley sort of bruises. So he's got his feet up, shall we say, and we'll see how he goes. He, did say, li- he did say ligaments, but he yeah, looks very swollen, so he's probably, he's probably out for a couple of weeks. I think he's going to slip in a, a little holiday to Dubai up on all accounts. Yeah. yeah, sounds about right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll miss him, but we've got a good squad, and it's someone else now can step up to the plate. Well, we spoke about midfield previously and it feels like we've got the options there that now become depth. Yeah, and, yeah. and we've had another look at a lad tonight and again, it, we don't necessarily want to convey about, but the, the hardest thing is when you're not sure on your, your first 11 or your first 14. And I think we're fairly confident on that now and, and that's shown in the last four games. But equally, Jack Downs, Harvey are pushing those three and someone gets a chance now and if they take it, then Liam's got to fight back in like the rest of them. And Liam's a really honest lad and he, he knows that and I don't think it's it, any surprise to anyone that he started the season really well. So it'd be a miss, but at the end of the day, we're in a lot better position than what we have been previously to just yeah. just deal with those sort of uh, unplanned injuries. So that win at Romulus sets up a preliminary round tie against Kozal Town. But before that, we're finally back in league action. So I want to have a, a look towards the league as a whole because we've done the pre-season talk. Now we can look forward. Sean, we've spoken previously, I think, about various time markers through the season where rather than set a target for the whole of the campaign you pick various times where you want to have achieved certain things are those things that you talk about and establish as a pair yes and no so you so what we would try to avoid is setting some arbitrary targets because then that puts that pressure on we're trying to avoid putting pressure on ourselves if we are honestly deep down so what you don't want to do is go into it and say we must win our first 10 games because that's that's a really hard task to do so we have spoken about if you are successful in this league you're gonna have to be a very good side and so you pick up your wins when you're playing well and you don't lose when you're not playing so well so that's that's the target and we've got now a really clear picture in our head about certain teams when we play home and away you know our, our formation is becoming flexible in that we've got good, good options in different areas so um, to be good in this league you need to be you need to be picking up points in the first couple of months and then once you go past Christmas if you're in a good position then it gives you an opportunity to drive on but I mean we've been in really good positions two years ago where we were second post Christmas and it sort of fell away and so again our form is pretty good at the minute and we won't get too excited if it continues in being really good we won't get too down if it goes um, a little bit hit and miss but um, I don't know what you think about that John I, I haven't set necessarily what I don't want to do is tie ourselves into saying we're going to finish here here or here or on X amount of points but you want to try and improve year on year don't you yeah I think it's hard to start predicting where you should be I mean no one's ever really said you know a remit of the club what they see as a successful season it's always a little run in the FA Cup a good run in the Vars we have said that we want a good good team over a season. You get judged on your year in the league, and that's where you want to be known. Well, you want to see it for yourself, with your own eyes, knowing that you're a good team. And we spoke the other night, and whoever wins our league this year, I yeah. think, are going to be a fantastic side. And if you go on and win it, I think you're most probably in a situation like Bromsgrove, where you can do a double a double bounce up the leagues because the quality in the league at the min- leagues at the minute is phenomenal. There's step three players um, littered all the way through it. You look you look at the fixtures list, and you think. Yeah, it's a tough old league, isn't it? So 
we're just going to enjoy it. The lads are going to enjoy it. We're going to do it the right way where we're not going to be ranting and raving and hopefully we'll be able to have a good season, I think. My next question is about the fixture list, funny enough. As a supporter, that is a bit of a moment when we get to look through and figure out all the trips we're going on, who we play on certain weekends. Boxing Day is always a big one to look out for. When you get that bit of paper as the manager, John, what is it that you look out for from a position of authority? I'm probably not a big big one for looking at fixtures, probably just the next one that's coming up. Yeah, you always look for the, the Cov United fixture, I suppose, uh, the Boxing Day, I believe, is it? But I think we scanned, there was some fixtures left in the changing room, the Nuneet and Griff game, and you just scanned down it, both of us did, and we just went, oh my God, there's no easy <laughs> games there. Even if you're playing, you know, bottom of the league, if you like Salston, you were down there before the, the lockdown. No easy games at all. I'm sure there's a constant um, process of tracking our progress, Sean, but how far into the season will we get until you, between the two of you, feel like you've got a good gauge on how good we are? I think if you're not doing very well after 10 games, you might you might need to start having a think because you end up losing your job pretty quickly if you don't. But you, you start to build up pictures in your head about who's going to be strong, who's going to be, you know, and what you do is essentially when you're picking up points against any teams, you know you're doing an all right job there because like John said, it's not an easy league to be picking up points from. So um, there's some little like key teams. So you know teams are always going to be strong. So if you start playing those games and you're coming out not, not getting beat or you're beating those teams, I think you can always give yourself a good barometer there's a lot of well-established sides which year on year do either really well for the budget they've got or or have got a good budget and they're always at the top of the league. So I think Tuesday night is the only thing that we can draw on at the minute. And I think if you say that Romulus are going to be a really good side in this league, a good solid team, got lots of step five experience, got some, some step four experience. I think that's a barometer and I think I don't feel too embarrassed to say that I think we belong in that sort of um, category of teams. And for a long time, it's always been you know, well, let's see what happens, let's see what happens. We might not be as strong as what we think we are, but I think we look out there. We train tonight with a couple of lads missing and there's still 17 good quality lads out there. So I'll, we'll always promote the Sphinx and I think that's why we, we're quite proud of doing the job. But I think we're going to be a good side and if we're not, then we have to try and change that, don't we, pretty yeah. quickly. The first league game of the season is uh, next Tuesday, 8th of September here at Sphinx Drive, face Selston. They were in our league for the first time last season, largely struggled a bit, as you say, John, but... We struggled a bit with them on occasion as well. Yeah, we did. Uh, we we went up there. I think it was probably the second game we took over, and we found ourselves one nil down. And and look, we did well to turn it round. But it it was a hard place to go. Not the best of facilities, if you remember, getting changed in a cubby hole and walked down to a, not the best pitch in the world. Uh, and then when we played them at home. It was one all and we were expected to win and we didn't play well. And we ended up with nine men as well. I ended think. up, yeah, two players getting sent off and uh, it, it wasn't a good day. I think um, reading, reading on social media, I think they've had a brand new clubhouse built and a load of football foundation money. So again, you know what, they've most probably had a little bit of a reprieve with the season ending, not get that lower guarantee to go down because it's really still really tight between three teams, I think. So always, you've got a, they've, they'll come over and they've got... Um, got all, all, all to gain really and it would be really disrespectful to say that they're going to be bottom again because there's no evidence of that and so you just have to set yourself out we're really good at going against sides who 
possibly we feel as if our um, a good side or you know possibly if we don't we're not on our top game we'll get turned over and um, so that's the mentality that we're trying to build into them that no matter the game they need to earn the right to play first we've changed a few players strengthened a few areas and i imagine you don't yet have a fully rounded view of what selston have done in the same period of time so just looking back on those two games which i think were illustrative last season factor into your preparation this time around at all or is it just it's selston it could be anybody this is how we prepare. Yeah, I think the latter. Yeah, I think you forget about last year and uh, I think we're in a stronger position and they possibly have strengthened as well. Yeah, they, they, they had a went. new manager, didn't they, towards the end. I don't know if he's still there now, but uh, yeah, just concentrate on us and we've got to be in the right mind frame on Tuesday and, and treat every game that, you know, like we're playing Romulus or Bedworth you know, like the pre-season, we're better when we come up against better sides. They re- the players raise themselves for those games. It's when it's when we probably possibly play lesser sides that we we let ourselves down a little bit. Is there a meaningful difference between starting the season at home and starting away in terms of the process for preparing a player? Uh, yes and no. I think it added pressure when you play at home because there's a, an added expectation that it's a good start. So that adds pressure. Sometimes it might be easy to go away where you can just sort of um, merge into the background a little bit and go and get like a, a battling um, away victory or something like that because that can really set your season up. But I think the weird thing this year is not having the game on the Saturday. So we're mm. at a little bit of a loss and we're already a game behind everyone. And I think um, after Tuesday, I think we would have really liked to roll into Saturday. And, and you know, so that's why we've had a really good session tonight because we've got nothing on Saturday at the moment. So we've ummed and ahed about trying to get a friendly, haven't we? But we've decided against that just because of some lads carrying knocks. But yeah, I think it would be nice to have really rolled into Saturday and keep keep that momentum. But it's only a couple of days and the lads are, are chomping at the bit. There was a, a brief opportunity of Russell wanting a friendly and I just think that would have been another physical tough game that we probably just didn't need after Tuesday and maybe a weekend off or do, do them good. Because we're not going to get many Saturdays off. It's going to be Tuesday, Saturday quite relentless yeah well it's coming up now but pretty much after that that Saturday off we go Tuesday in the league then we're into Saturday with a cup game now thankfully which is you know positive and then straight into a very heavy period of fixtures does that come into your thinking in terms of team selection this early into the season where you've got players that you can rotate and you can take people out put people in yeah we have a lot of, our main conversation topic at the moment is the squad that we're trying to manage and we keep feeding into the lads that you need a really strong squad. But that's not to say that some lads who are not playing at the moment don't get other opportunities and it might get their heads swayed and things like that. So we're really keen on getting a consistent side, but that's a consistent 16 rather than the 11. And I think I don't, I don't, it's, hard to, it's hard to explain, but at the moment I still think we're developing the side. We're not the finished article. So I think you want to play, play your team and play them off them. But then we are risking of being over-reliant on some players, we're not giving the lads the opportunity to, who have worked really hard over pre-season. So it's a, it's a fine balancing, balancing that to, to get actually. And um, we have loads of conversations with the lads and just patience is the main word at the moment. So we're, we're really fortunate to be backed up by a really strong youth team. So we have got a little bit of a luxury there. But again, I think what naturally happens when we get into Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, you'll naturally pick up knocks, you'll naturally pick up injuries. Suspensions, yeah. And that's where you need that squad. So, although the lads, I think they trust our word at the moment, they do need to see some of that sort of like those words coming into action. Last question for the week. Um, I'll throw it to you, John. We've put in an extra friendly towards the end of pre-season after a couple of losses. 
added that fixture in and finished preseason on a real high, took that into Romulus and, and won that game. That decision has just slightly turned the tide of, of how we go into this season. So hopefully the results will follow. Yeah, I was pleased with the Bedworth result. That was good, solid performance. Reduced them to no chances whatsoever. Mm. Especially after the the Hinkley night was a bit disappointing for all of us. You know, players were disappointed and didn't quite possibly didn't quite get what we were doing. Generally disappointing night. But from then on, Bedworth was excellent. The Chelmsley Town one dropped in nicely on the Wednesday, and that was another good game. That was a good hard-fought game. And then obviously the Griff then on the Saturday. So yeah, I think finishing quite strong gave us a bit of impetus. Thank you to Sean and to John for this week's chat. The start of the season is always exciting as a football supporter and at our level we don't really get a run up to it. We're straight into the serious stuff. That's why it's so pleasing to see the team hit the ground running and get through what was a very tricky FA Cup tie as they all are for us at this time of year. The next game's had a few mentions already but it bears repeating. We start our Midland Football League Premier Division season against Selston this coming Tuesday the 8th of September here at Sphinx Drive. That's all for this week. Sean and I will be back in seven days or so to get stuck into September's games. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Commentary Sphinx podcast, a Sphinx football production. For more of our podcasts, visit sphinxfootball.com.